Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Albany Law School podcast. I'm Ben Myers, Assistant Director for Communications and Marketing here at Albany Law School. And today on the podcast, we're going to be speaking with Albany Law School President and Dean Alicia Willette about the return to campus policy that the law school is using for the fall of 2020. If you want to see the plan itself and you want more information, maybe you have other questions that we don't cover in this podcast, please go to albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus. We're going to have the plan itself there, the series of FAQs, some of which we're going to discuss on the podcast today. We're going to try and get a simple campus walkthrough video up on that page as soon as possible. And there's going to be a lot more information there in case there are questions that we don't talk about that you do need answers for. If you still don't find answers for those questions, though, please send them in via the SurveyMonkey link that's going to be in the show notes for this episode. As always, one of the best ways to keep up to date on all these things besides albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus is on social media. So please follow us there on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If you want to hear previous episodes of the podcast, maybe you missed something or you just want to get in on the feed here so you can keep up with other updates as they come through, you can subscribe on all the major podcast services and on our SoundCloud account. Since this is a special episode of the podcast, we want to get to Dean Willett as quick as possible. So let's get over there and speak with her. And we're back here with Dean Willett. And Dean Willett, just first of all, welcome to the podcast. And second of all, tell us what these last couple months have been like for you. First, uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, these last couple months have been extraordinary. It's every day is new challenges and, and new issues that we never anticipated having to deal with, but the law school has come together as a community to deal with uncertainty and make the changes that we needed to make and to plan in a time of uncertainty uh, in a way that has really been inspiring and picks us up on, on the days that are especially hard. And if you would just take a moment and tell me about the creation of the reopening plan, all the people involved and all the different areas that we tried to take into consideration while we were making our plan. Sure. We, we, uh, I appointed a task force. Uh, there were 30 different people on it, uh, members of the faculty, of the staff, and the administration. And then we also had a student advisory board to, to sort of consult on some of the student issues. The task force had six different teams. The, the team that started first and, and, and went out of the gate first was the academic team because uh, we were really refocused on trying to bring as many people back to campus as possible with respecting all the, the safety guidelines and, and figuring out what was, what was possible, what is possible with physical distancing and with the class schedules. Uh, so, so that group got to work. There was a group that focused on student life questions. There was a group that focused on, on legal questions and, and HR questions. Another that focused just purely on health and safety concerns. And, and that group touched, of course, on every area because our health and safety rules will apply across the operation. There was another group that, that focused on communication because communication is so important in a, in a crisis whether it's inside the uh, law school or outside. 
there were just so many different avenues that had to be addressed here that none of the answers were lightly considered. Everything was, it seems like everything was really deeply considered before it was put into a plan. Yeah, we did. We did everything we could to think of every question, to, to, to uh, learn uh, from, from uh, universities and colleges across the nation and across New York, what questions were they asking, and to try to come up with, with as many answers as we can based on the current state of our knowledge about the coronavirus and, and about the pandemic. Let's get into some of those questions here. Uh, I've compiled some of the most asked ones that we've gotten either through the town halls or through our SurveyMonkey account, which if you do have a question that isn't addressed here and you don't see it in our FAQ that's going to be going up online, please fill out that little questionnaire through SurveyMonkey. We'll get to those questions as soon as possible. But we've compiled some of the top ones here and We'll hear directly from the dean about them. So here we go. Kind of like a giant lightning round, if you will. First and foremost, what is the timeline for reopening campus this fall? So assuming that the public health situation allows us to implement the plan, we will begin with orientation for new students on August 17th. Uh, and there will be components, there are always some components that are online, but there will also be in-person components for those students who choose to be uh, in, in person for classes. Classes will begin August 24th, and they, the last day for our in-person classes will be November 24th, which is just before the Thanksgiving holiday. We're not going to bring students back for in-person classes after the Thanksgiving holiday. Instead, we will have a week of online classes from November 30th to December 4th, and then we'll go into final exams and all the final exams will be taken online. Coupled with that, wanted to ask for testing purposes because I know at the law school we want everybody to have proof of a negative test, but if you would just, can you give me the windows that I need to get my negative test in order to go to campus? Sure, and what we're doing is doing a point-in-time test for everybody, even for the folks who have been on campus. But within the two weeks before you get to campus, you'll need to have a negative test. So for anyone who plans to be on campus for, for orientation, those folks will need to provide proof of a negative test conducted between August 3rd and August 17th. And for anyone who's not going to return to campus until the start of in-person classes on the 24th, they will need to provide proof of a negative test conducted between August 9th and the 23rd. And there will, of course, be daily screenings for temperature and all those kind of things as well, correct? That's right. That's right. Everyone will be doing self-screenings and reporting in on the health questions. It's a layered safety plan. So we, we know that everyone was negative at one point in time. Then we'll be doing the, the self-screenings. Uh, and we have plans for testing symptomatic folks and folks folks who have to travel uh, during the semester so that we can get very quick turnaround should uh, someone have uh, symptoms of COVID. Do I have to wear a mask to be on campus? The answer is yes. Uh, the, the science is more and more clear that this is an airborne disease and that masks are the best weapon that we have to prevent the spread. So everyone will be wearing masks 
on campus. And this is how we will protect one another and we'll protect the, the weakest person among us and most vulnerable person among us by wearing our masks. And the law school is, uh, we're, we've ordered masks for students, Albany Law masks, and there will be uh, disposable masks available. And, you know, we're going to work with everyone on the mask, but it, it is one thing that is, it, we, we have to wear our masks. And if someone doesn't want to wear a mask, they should choose a remote option. Uh, and, and this is really important for the, the safety of everyone. Uh, we have some faculty and, and students who are medically vulnerable and, and they're going to show up and, and members of the staff uh, and they're counting on everyone else to protect them. So that's what the masks are about. And it, 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 I can't emphasize the importance of it enough. You did mention one thing in that answer right there about remote learning and the remote option. And I did have a couple here that I wanted to ask about remote. First, can a student take both remote and in-person classes, or is it an all or nothing for the fall semester? So this is a maximum flexibility plan, and a student can decide that they're going to they're going to take all remote classes. Uh, they and and they also can decide that they're going to take as many in-person classes as they can. Uh, but absolutely, yes, a student uh, will be able to take both remote and in-person classes if that's what works for them. So for example, we might have a student who has some medical vulnerabilities or some issues at home is able to take an early morning class, maybe a small class in the morning, but the larger classes are in the afternoon and, and for whatever reason, the student doesn't feel comfortable taking those classes in person. So that student could choose an in-person option in the morning and a, a remote option in the afternoon will allow for that kind of flexibility. Can I switch from taking classes in person to remote or vice versa? Say I'm on campus for a week, uh, I'm a little worried about what's going on. Can I switch to remote? Can I switch back to in person? So the answer is yes, with, with one small caveat. We are planning, we are asking students who, who know that they want to commit uh, to being remote for the semester to let us know. For example, if you're a student in Texas or in Oregon and you say, I'm not going to travel to Albany in the fall, should that made that commitment to be remote change their mind, they'll need to contact the registrar. And we just, we, we will have to be careful about the number of students in classes and make sure that physical distancing is possible. But we expect uh, that there will be room for the, even those students, uh, but uh, there will be a procedure for, for making that one change. Otherwise, the students will just be able to, to make the decisions for themselves, um, e even on a day-to-day -day basis. When it comes to campus itself, what are the buildings going to look like this fall? Are we going to have one-way hallways, one-way stairwells? How's the getting around part of campus going to work? Right, so we've got these beautiful facilities and, the, and, they, and things will look a little different. Uh, we, we will have one-way hallways and stairwells that we're going to, the cafeteria is going to be used differently. The administrative services staff has been hard at work putting signage up around that sort of thing. So directional signs where, where you can go. Everyone should be prepared. Everyone who can use stairs should be prepared to use stairs. You'll all get your steps this year because we're going to limit the use of elevators to those who really need them uh, for physical reasons. 
Next up is how will bathrooms be handled? So bathrooms are, are going to be cleaned very frequently. We're, we're going to have our cleaning staff do regular cleanings of, of the bathrooms. Physical distancing rules will be in place. So folks will have to sort of look in and, and see if, if there is, they're able to go into the bathrooms. So that's the, the bathroom situation. And when I'm on campus, speaking of cleaning and all these different things, do I have to sanitize my area and will there be supplies available for sanitation or do I have to bring my own? Oh no, we, the law school will provide it and they'll be readily available in classrooms and in the library and the students, we have students who have been using the library to study for the bar exam and, and, and it's worked just fine. Uh, so uh, we'll be asking faculty, staff, and students, we're all in this together, and everyone will clean their own workstations. And of course, the law school will, will, will clean the, the buildings as well. But the more layers of, of cleanliness and hygiene and protection that we have, the better for all of us. So uh, we will be wiping down uh, our seats in classrooms, the, the podium in, in the classroom, etc. And you touched on a little bit there with the bar takers who are on campus right now, and they're in the library. We don't have the entire plan for the library just yet, but what can you share with everybody about how the library will work in the fall? Sure. So some things are already different in the library in that chairs have been removed. Uh, there was, was lots and lots of seating in the library, but uh, to ensure that we have physical distancing, Many chairs have been removed and, and the spaces look different. So folks will be physically distant in the library. The librarians will come forward with a plan for making sure that there's space and that we don't have overcrowding and, and we don't violate the physical distancing rules. But we, we feel uh, good about it. We have a, a beautiful library with lots of space and it's, it's never packed. And, uh, and one thing that students should know that if the library does get to capacity, there are going to be other places available for students to study. The gym is going to be a study space when it's not in use as a classroom space. We're going to open classrooms for uh, study space. Uh, so we're going to really work to maximize the space available to students to use for studying on campus. Next one on our list is about campus meetings and events. I know there's a timeline in place for those, but could you just uh, talk about how campus meetings and events, in-person ones, will work? Right. So there's a it's a phased plan. So when we first get back to campus, assuming all all goes as planned, and we get we start classes on the 24th of August, we're going to take two weeks where, where where all meetings will be remote. And if we are able, if we are convinced that that it is safe to do so, we will start in the phased manner laid out in the plan, allowing students to have in-person meetings uh, and in-person. Uh, events for their own groups or, or invite other students, faculty, and, and staff members to their events and their rules in the plan for physical distancing and for registration so that, that uh, we will know who attended events in the event that we should have a positive case or a suspected case and we need to do contact tracing. We have decided to really prioritize the students with respect to in-person events uh, and meetings. And so we, we are asking that the faculty and the staff hold, hold their events and meetings remotely for the fall semester. 
student lockers and temporary storage on campus? Is there going to be a solution there? So we're working on a solution. And this this is a, a lot of this process is iterative and, and, and we get questions and, and hear concerns and we have to go back to the, the health and safety team. So the plan as, as originally published said that the locker room would be closed. Students in a town hall said, hey, we're, we're very concerned about that. We want to have somewhere to leave our things. So we're going to work something out. We don't know what that will look like and, and stay tuned. Um, and we'll give you that, that answer once we have it. Getting back to just population on campus here, can students be on campus on days when they don't have classes? Yes, we expect the students will be able to come and, and study on campus if they don't have classes. We're going to track the usage and like everything in the plan, if we if we need to go to a registration system so that we don't hit capacity and don't violate physical distancing rules, we will. But from our assessment right now, we, we, we believe that that will be uh, doable with the gift of, of much space that we have on campus. Another testing question. Where can a person get tested? Will there be on-campus testing? And will there be any cost? On July 1st, the governor of New York announced that testing is expanded to all New York residents and students who live in New York are, are residents of New York. And testing is free to all eligible New York residents. For the initial screening, uh, we're going to ask that everyone either call their doctor or go go to the state website and sign up for a test. But once we all get on campus, that we do have on-campus testing uh, in collaboration with the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. And what we've done as a law school is to actually purchase uh, a number of, of very quick tests that will be that can be administered. And there'll be no cost for those. It may be charged to, to insurance, but uh, it, it, if insurance doesn't cover them, because what we what we need uh, is the ability to detect any virus as quickly as possible, right? So if someone spikes a fever, we want to know: does that person have COVID, or does that person have something else, strep throat, or or something else that caused that fever? So we'll be doing these daily screenings. And if somebody needs to get tested, they'll be able to get tested on campus. And that's a 30 minute turnaround for results. And so then we'll know what we're dealing with, uh, whether it's COVID or not. Final major one that we have here before a couple light, actual lightning round questions. What's a threshold for school closure either before the semester begins or in the middle? So a lot of this is about sort of community spread. Uh, the, the trigger for closing and moving to remote operations is, is if there is known verifiable spread of the, the disease within the law school community or in the greater capital region or potentially with, within the state of New York. Uh, so we'll be working closely with our with county and state health departments to make that determination of whether we need to move to remote operations at some point, potentially before August 24th or after. If we have just a single case in our community, and, and we need to be clear that it's likely that that will happen, that this is a very contagious disease. When that happens, we will notify 
everybody on campus that, that there has been an exposure and everyone will need to make their, their own choices at that point. And at, at a minimum, we will close exposed areas of the building for 24 hours to allow for deep cleaning. We will also reach out to the, the county health department to begin contact tracing and to, to let anyone know that they may have been exposed. And that's another instance where we'll be, we'll be able to use our, our on-campus rapid tests to allow folks to get tested. So uh, we will follow health department guidance about mandatory testing and isolation and about moving to remote operations should we need to do so. One thing that does always follow the regular part of the show is the Albany Law School lightning round. So a couple lightning round questions here for the dean. We'll start off with how intense has this summer been for you and the rest of the administration team and just everybody trying to figure this thing out? It can't have been a regular summer for you. It has not been a regular summer. It's been incredibly intense and challenging. It, it is the most challenging period, I think, for, for all of our professional lives. And, and we are working uh, incredibly long hours, uh, six and mostly seven days a, a week to try to do our best for the law school. And I, I've been likening it to you know running a marathon, but it's not just a marathon. It's a marathon that has no finish line and the rules keep changing. It is hard, it is grueling, and it is challenging. I mean, it's problem solving at the highest possible levels. You're teaching a class about COVID-19. How's the class been going and what have you been talking about? So class has been great. It's actually almost over. We have our last session next week. Summer school goes very, very quickly. We've talked about everything from uh, the production of, of vaccines to privacy issues to uh, force majeure and contract issues. We have talked about the, the impact of COVID on the practice of law and the, just the tsunami of legal cases that, that is to be expected. So it has been uh, incredibly interesting for me and, and fun to be back in the classroom. Uh, and, and I think that the, the issues are just ongoing. We could teach a full class on, on each of the that I just mentioned. Uh, so it, it has been, um, I, I hope that the students have found it to be as, as interesting and informative as I have. It sounds like it could be almost a whole podcast episode, too. Oh, sorry, the dog's hitting. You never know what's going to happen during the lightning round because he just came down and knocked the keyboard off the computer. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, final one here, and it's one that we always ask all the guests on the podcast. Is there anything that you would like to say to the greater law school community, incoming students, recently graduated students that we haven't covered here that you'd just like to share? I mean, I, I just think that Albany Law School is an incredible place and it's an incredible place to get your legal education because of our community and it is our people that are our most important asset and there's so many things that are out of control with this pandemic but the one thing that we can control is how we treat and protect and respect one another so for this plan to come back to camp all going to have to be our best selves and take every precaution we can to protect the most vulnerable among us. But I know that we can do this. It's who we are as a campus. It's who we are as a community. And while things are going to look differently from what we had hoped and expected, I can't wait to see everyone back on campus. I know we can do this. 
we can control the things we can control. I, I just look forward to working with, with everyone in the fall, however the fall goes and whatever the world throws at us. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast in case things do change or we get more FAQs or anything like that. But Dean Willett, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the podcast today and talk about all this stuff. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ben. I'm happy to be here.